Hello everyone and welcome to the Fashion Potluck podcast session. Fashion Potluck is a women-driven platform where women can post, engage and interact with each other. My name is Una, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck and I'm here with Julia, the chief marketing officer of Fashion Potluck. Hello. Hello Julia and our guest for today, Patricia Becker, the co-founder and chief future maker of Future Women X. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning welcome. Patricia. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about interesting topics of female leadership, female entrepreneurship and women empowerment in general. So Patricia, we have a first question for you. So could you tell us a bit more about who you are and what is Future Women X? Uh, well, good morning uh, to everybody. Um, my name is Patricia Becker. I'm 51. So that is, I think, double an average millennial age. <laughs> and how I got here being an entrepreneur of a global platform is that I'm a corporate refugee, as I like to call myself. I had a career in corporate life. Okay. And at some point I decided that I wanted to pay forward what I missed myself in those leadership positions. And uh, so I thought, um, let's do it myself. So what I do now or what we have now is a global organization where we are solely uh, working for women in order to help them and guide them throughout their whole career. Okay, interesting. But what encouraged you to go in the direction of entrepreneurship? Well, actually, um, that was the question because... Uh, let me put it this way. Um, I was on a rather steep career, and uh, but there was a certain point where I thought, okay, what's next? Is that to be CEO of a company or, or whatever there is in opportunities? But I thought, hmm, can I do it myself? Mm-hmm. Can I really, really do it myself mm-hmm. and build a company from scratch? and survive and be relevant yes that was the big that temptation okay yeah so that's why how you decided to create future women X. yeah you didn't have a company before that i was an uh what they call here in holland an interim director so yeah. i was hired yeah, yeah. Uh, but i felt that wasn't really entrepreneurship not really. I did it for a few years with amazing companies like Coca-Cola and IT Bank and, and stuff like that. But really build something and prove myself to the world that I could do that. Yeah. That okay. was beyond challenge for me. So you just quit your job and you started uh, your yeah. company? No, I was. I worked for an American multinational as a general manager for two years, but it was in the height of the crisis in 2008. Yeah. So yeah. I, that ended. And then I sat at my kitchen table and really thought, okay, I can fix this. I can find myself an amazing new job or boost my career again and mm-hmm. start all over. But I can also use this time wisely to really figure out what I had to do with myself. Okay. So I challenged myself to slow down, which was extremely scary. <laughs> so and um and I wanted to slow down to figure out uh, what my real speed w- could be. Yeah. Yeah. To really reflect. Okay. So I sat a few months at my kitchen table and then I really connected to this is my passion. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. So here we, are. here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So how old is Future Women X now? 
Yeah, that's interesting. We named the company Future MNX last year because my first company was called Career Generators. I started that myself. So, so it was okay. not only for women. It was yeah, it was for women. Only for women. Uh, always, just okay. for women. Maybe I'll share a bit more on why yeah. <laughs> later. Um, so I did that for 10 years and I started on my own. So mm -hmm. I really um, did it the hard way because what I wanted to do is to guide women throughout their careers not to be paid solely or selected by their company. I wanted to just work for her. Yeah. So I gave myself four years to figure out... Uh, um, can I build a practice? Because that's the hard way. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to be the preferred supplier yeah. of a multinational and such. But I thought, mm, I didn't want that myself. So I'm not going to do it now. I'm the benchmark for whatever I want to create. And a few years later, I uh, found myself having peers as well. And peers, what I mean by that is that I found other women who did the same work, maybe from a different angle, and we cooperated and we started doing international projects. Mm -hmm. And, and these uh, are your, your current co-founders as well? Yes, okay. they, these are my current co-founders, yeah. Okay, that's pretty exciting. But I wonder, did you have support when you decided, okay, now I'm going to do something completely different? I mean, support... Apart from friends who yeah, yeah. Uh, thought I was crazy. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, that's what I'm... Actually, that, that paying forward what I miss myself is a theme throughout all my endeavors. Because now I didn't have any. Okay. And uh, I uh, sort of found them. They found me yeah. uh, along the way. Yeah. So, okay. so I know what it is to not have it and yeah. to create it for others. So it's, it's both trusted advisorship. So on an individual basis, who do you call at seven in the morning when you, mm -hmm. when you have a, a panic attack? <laughs> <laughs> because you have this serious meeting and uh, yeah. how are you going to do this? And the second level is finding peers and facilitating that for women in, in their careers. The most precious thing I can do is uh, what, what I discovered along the way. And the third level is having all those amazing women together yeah. and work, have them work on the most relevant issues. They really resonate for themselves. Yeah. And so that's power you, power the collective, power the future. Those are the three levels. That sounds great. But how does it feel to be a female entrepreneur <laughs> nowadays? <laughs> Um, nowadays, and especially you started a couple yeah. of years ago, which yeah, is yeah, exactly. great, even it's harder. a hardship at yeah. the same time. So okay. there's, I'm not going to romanticize it. No. Yeah, okay. Absolutely not. But if you have the urge, you, uh, you should just figure out. And if you can allow yourself to take a nosedive and make mistakes and start all over again, or the other one is even better, is if you're bold enough to kill your darlings now and then yeah. and start over again, uh, you should really go for it. Um, we work with female entrepreneurs all over the world and I salute all of them because they're so courageous and um, determined. Yeah. How does it feel? It feels great and it's a hardship. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But what are the most common challenges female entrepreneurs face then? Unconscious bias. Oh, yeah. Access to finance. And those two related make it more difficult. Mm -hmm. If a woman drives a nice car, the uh, the bank thinks that she makes too much or too high costs. 
And if a car drive, uh, uh, a guy drives a nice car, he's successful. Okay. Yeah. If you talk about female entrepreneurship and if you really want to invest in your company, attract foreign capital or a loan of a bank in order to finance your growth. Wow. Those are different. Um, um, how do I say that? They have um, absolute biases on on women. women. You have to be better than the rest okay. and play the f- play the game in a on a higher level together. Yeah, yeah. To get what you do, want. You, do you feel like it's changing right now? Gradually, maybe, or or not really. No, there's a there's a fresh wind here in Holland because there was recently a, a, a report published that just a, a few percent of all the venture capital goes to women. Oh, so Only can you percent yeah, well. I think it's six or seven percent. Oh, no. Can you imagine? That's crazy. And that's that's unacceptable. Yeah. And this is the report for the Netherlands only or for like you uh, I think you can uh, in general say that it goes for Europe. Yeah. And to some sense for the U- for the US. But this was um a Dutch report. Okay. And um the funny thing is that the reactions are very diverse and because it's so um confronting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People say it's not true. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. It can't be true actually. So back to your question, what it's like to be in a female entrepreneur and especially what the challenges are is um I think a challenge for young women is to first discover that there is a difference between male and female entrepreneurship, where you maybe never experienced that during your study or your first job, if you had any, and that there is a difference. But I think every woman should be encouraged to go for entrepreneurship and uh, just face and embrace face it, and mm-hmm. embrace it, kill your darlings, <laughs> have a good cry, and start yeah. over again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but you encourage women to do this. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. And that, I think, for in general... Yeah, mistakes for are f- part of it. Ooh, for female entrepreneurs. It's difficult. It's, I feel like a lot of them are perfectionists. Oh, really? So you, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. 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 It's interesting. But Future Women X talks about unleashing women's potential, women's limitless potential and power. How is that done? How can a woman actually work on it? Well, that's um, our main, one of our main drivers in order to do that. What we always do in our work is we make it as personal as it gets. Okay. And to start with that, one of the phenomena we always encounter, regardless of in which country we work, is what I call dysfunctional false modesty. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. One of the first patterns. Yes. And that is that um, also given your social setting, if a woman really is powerful and stands for what she thinks, that is not always perceived in a very positive way. Yeah. And before you know it's there, you're a, uh, you know, to start with a B and then three other letters. (laughs) And um, if a man has the same attitude, it's strong leadership. So when it comes to the the pattern you may develop is that you think that modesty is always a virtue and it's not. It can become dysfunctional or it can become a way where you express yourself continuously with disclaimers. Yeah. Yeah. 
so uh, when we work together for is we introduce this little bell and if they hear disclaimers from each other they yank the bell mm-hmm. yeah. and, it, and it, it goes it a lot in okay. the beginning and then you start correcting yourself yeah so if you talk By about disclaimers, you mean more like you start justifying yourself or... No, yeah, justifying yourself yeah. or saying, yeah, who am I to say this? Yeah. Or yeah. I'm, of course, not an expert. And you yeah. probably yeah. think I should say this, but I might maybe even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of language, yeah, okay. which totally distracts from your message. True. And by the way, if you think you're not worth mentioning anything, why bother? Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and this is... For most women, and of course, this is a bit uh, generalization, but still, if you check your language, you will find everybody does it. And it's annoying because what happens on the other side of the table is that people get both messages. But the one where you say, I'm not worth listening to because I'm not an expert also sticks in their mind. So what is it that you really want? Exactly. So... This part is the radical awareness, making them radical aware of how they present themselves, how they position themselves on one hand. Because men never do that. Men always, I feel, rank themselves higher than they really are, while women always are like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm good enough in this. So don't promote you to, to exercise the male version of it is just to become very aware yeah where you're where when you're not helping yourself yeah mm-hmm. okay interesting um i'm curious also in which way can you prepare for an entrepreneurship career which step do you have to take to become an entrepreneur and actually are there any steps or it's really <laughs> personal for everyone oh there's no not one answer do you, um, i'm curious do you think everyone can be an entrepreneur no, no. okay i'm I feel sorry like, you didn't yeah. even hear the question mark and <laughs> 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 uh, no i don't think everybody's cut out for you can try but um you the, need to have a certain like do uh, you need character, to have some, yeah. character stamina yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, endurance um, but you also feel like it's the background, <laughs> the background of a person because for instance if you grew up with parents who are entrepreneurs or in such a surrounding you're more likely to be an entrepreneur yourself yeah and my f- mother was an, um, a teacher and my father a commander in the military police okay. and I have not an uh, entrepreneurial bone in the body okay. <laughs> so it really depends yeah so that's why I say it's not w- just one answer to that. Yeah. But it's, I had first a corporate career, then I was for a few years an interim uh, director on a director's level. Um, and then I made the step into entrepreneurship. Okay. And for me personally, I can answer that question for me personally, is I stepped out of that life when I felt I had enough experience and expertise and stamina. Yeah. yeah. To, to stand on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay. But why not become um, an entrepreneur when you're 20? Why not? Exactly. That's a question I was think- having. Um, do you have to have a certain experience to become an entrepreneur? Or do you believe it's better to become an ent- entrepreneur as soon as possible? If you feel like it. I think a real entrepreneur has no choice 
other than becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would actually agree with that. I yeah, actually, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm so I just hid myself in corporate life and then I escaped. Yeah, you escaped. Okay. I'm curious. But I did for 25 years, oh, wow. so I have yeah. some scars. Yeah. <laughs> but when women come to you and to your expeditions, as you call them, right? Yeah. Uh, do you sometimes see women who don't really have this entrepreneurship mindset yeah do you see that yeah what do you do with that yeah the funny thing is uh a few of our um uh expeditions um um, we're doing one already for years in the in new york city we combine female business leaders both corporate and or entrepreneurs with local from new york start and scale up entrepreneurs so that's the setting and then there is cultural differences and there is the differences between corporate life and entrepreneurship. And Absolutely. what you see that it starts to mingle. This is a very interesting question. It starts mm-hmm. to mingle. The ones from corporate life who already have that spark in them tend to lean over to the skill uh, up entrepreneurs and be really interested and inspired by them. And oh, I want that for myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm too yeah. late. And why didn't I do that? And and the other are that um, they really get impressed by what it takes to be an entrepreneur, especially in New York City, yeah. Yeah. when you live in a shoebox for three and a half thousand yeah. dollars a month, <laughs> and um, with no social security system whatsoever, and everything that comes with that. And then they say, "Oh my God, I realize that is a special. You need a special state of mind in order in order to do that to be yeah. able to do that." And um, and having them work together, it's not that they fly in just to help the other because what happens in the same time, at the same time, is that they have their own um, uh, learning journey. Yeah, self-realization. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> on what that means to them. So that's why we find it amazingly interesting to combine two completely different blood types. Yes. And we often see that in general, again, uh, corporate business leaders think, oh, I'm going to help this startup or scale up entrepreneur. And and then they come there and then they say, "Uh, with what actually? What am I (laughs) going to tell her? And uh, by the way, if you're standing there in New York, you know what the city does to you. It's overwhelming. You, You need to know so well who you are in order to stand straight in a city like that. So... That's why we think it's a great location to do this work. We're doing now in um, this week one in LA and in uh, and this summer we're going to do one in this uh, week you're doing in in Vanderlei. Yeah, oh, nice. an nice. expedition and in uh, in the summer in uh, Amsterdam again. Oh, okay. So you're traveling to Los Angeles this week as well. No, my colleagues are oh, doing okay. that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, going to Dubai next month. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and nice. while we are on this question, uh, I'm curious, and I think maybe our audiences are also curious, uh, what kind of women come to you? Yeah, you already mentioned that these are corporates and uh, female entrepreneurs, but do you have a specific maybe field or, uh, or age, age, as well, yeah, yeah. age or uh, background? Like maybe like our listeners, can they just come to you and go to an expedition with future women X? Uh, well, um, being at a pivotal point, that would be the generalization of everybody we meet. And um, it f- might feel like open entry, but it's not really. And yeah. why? Yeah. Because it's an 
a hand-selected group of women. And uh, how we select is from, I select based on, do I feel either um, a sense of urgency mm -hmm. on one hand or a desire to really look at themselves and their career and their future in order to figure out what the next step is? Um, do they want to engage and bring their full self? Yeah. And be really interested in the other? Uh, then I'm interested. So there's and if I don't feel it, um, I will not bring you into the group. Okay. But do they go through a specific application process? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, me. Yeah. Or my colleagues, <laughs> or yeah, because we really make it personal. So yeah, it's no, personal intake, yeah. and uh, we welcome everybody. No, it's a bit of course. Course. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't really work the way it's working right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, and uh, for instance, when you uh, participate and you meet the others, you really want a sense of peership. Of course. So, and and, and I would describe it as she wants to do the work. Or she already did the work. <laughs> and you don't have to explain that. Yes. She's uh, willing and able to look at her own uh, personal development. Um, I think uh, now we have a couple of questions from our audiences. Oh, yeah. But before that, I think we should do our little game where we ask you five short questions and you respond immediately or like almost immediately. Yeah. So, um, ready? <laughs> yeah, the first question is, if you could only have one medium, which one would you choose? Art, film, literature or music? Film. Film. Okay. Next one. Describe a simple pleasure, maybe on a daily basis. Sitting at my kitchen table and looking out on the water where I live. Oh, nice. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. Next one is a bit more uh, leadership oriented. If you were in charge of the Bill Gates Foundation, but could only spend funds tackling one issue, what would it be? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> Challenging women to be future makers. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the first thing you would do if you won the lottery? A big lottery. <laughs> the lottery. The lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. You wouldn't change a thing. So what would you do with the, the extra <laughs> couple of millions? <laughs> I would use it for the purpose I'm already working on. So invest okay. in your business? Yes, invest in my business. Nice. Okay. Yes. And the last one, uh, which is quite interesting. Do you feel happier spending or saving? Spending. Spending? <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. I would feel better about myself if I would save it, but I will... It's and you like spending more. Yeah, I like spending more. <laughs> I'm actually quite the opposite. Like, I don't really? spend Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, when I need to buy something, I'm almost forcing myself. Yeah. You need it. <laughs> Funny. Um, okay, let's go back to the questions of our audience. The next question is, does sex really matter when it comes to leadership or is it simply a matter of our personality? 
we already touched a bit upon this topic, but... First of all, thank you for this question. I think I'm yeah. going to use it in my programs. It's good to reflect, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to use a little roundabout in my answer. Yeah. Um, I think most of us don't really know what female leadership is. Okay. Because we didn't have any role models. So what is it? Even for, me, for myself, that's a question. Mm -hmm. What is a feminine leadership, by the way, instead do of female leadership? Do you have any uh, examples? You say you, we didn't have really role models, but do you see some role models in our current uh, society? It doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. I feel like a female yeah, leader general, can also yeah. be... In general. Yeah. Well, um, an example would be that for instance for you, you have a, a meeting and uh at the end a woman says okay i just overheard everything we discussed i think we should decide to um uh, limit it to this put action on that and uh next step are this yeah that is interpreted often as a masculine way on being dominant and yes. etc. But actually, if you compare that with how a mother arranges her family, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, true. That's in why we say cases. women, in the end, women decide in a household. So actually, that is a female leadership quality as such. Yeah. But do we recognize it in a professional setting? I'm not sure. So if you talk about the differences, I think it's very interesting that women really understand how they perceive leadership from a man and from a woman and what their unconscious bias by women is about that leadership style. So um, yes, I think it is, uh, there's a bit, huge difference. And yes, we have to discover a lot on what in the broader sense, if we have would have more female leaders, what the world would look like? And for me, that is an interesting question till my dying days. Yeah. Okay. What will the world look like if powerful yeah. women and you're doing everything possible women? to see how it would look like, right? I, I'm yeah. only there. <laughs> yeah. I will stick around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're making it happen as well. You're yeah, helping exactly. this to happen. Yeah, we. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. But do you think there are some women with a personality? Of a like man leader kind of do you do do you think some women behave in a male leadership uh, way? Um, yes, and I was one of them until okay. I was around forty. I was one of the what guys. <laughs> I was one of the guys. And what happened? And what happened then? And of, of course, it was me. Well, uh, I I can just share on, on what my career looked like, but. I had leadership roles in heavy industry, in the food, in the distribution, which, which is typically male world. I yes, had yes. all female teams. Okay. And uh, we took over plants and were responsible for their um, the staffing of their of their factories and such until I was around 30, 35. I had a role like that. And I, I knew my way around that. I was comfortable in that. And if I look back, um, well, I wouldn't per se say that it was a female leadership style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I discovered that later about myself. Mm -hmm. And that also goes back to not having that many female leadership role models around yeah, me. Yeah. A lot of us did it that way. 
So it's in hindsight that I see that there's a difference that's relevant to the world. And how, how is it different right now? Upcoming. Upcoming, better. Okay. Better. Yeah. Yeah. And not there yet, simply because they're not, especially in Holland, not enough, not enough women in those positions. Yeah. And uh, also not just horizontally, but also vertically yeah. on every level. Or, or young women in their 30s disappear out of the labor process because they, here in Holland, they decide to be a full-time mother. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I'm curious, what can men do to actually make female leadership flourish? Step or at least not hinder it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think an interesting societal discussion is about uh, what it's like for men to work for women. True. And how is that? Yeah. And um, and also um, be appreciative of what they can learn um, around female, female, no, not per se female, about leadership as such yeah. in those settings. And um, I think they can um, help and support by being aware of their unconscious reactions to it do you think they're doing it it's unconscious and conscious okay. and, and, and what you're also you ask me whether they're doing it um well you can't stop this process anymore yeah. so they have to they yeah. have to yeah. yeah but is there any 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 other way men can help um to increase the female uh, leadership uh, percentage yeah that is uh to make plays yeah. It's very simple. <laughs> if they're just one or two out of ten, then two other men have to go in order to help create seats at the table for women. And what I see now is that there are always, in, in, in general in Holland, that there are too many arguments why that can't be the case. But in the, in the essence, I think, is that all of them, all of us have to be uh, very uh, conscious on gender diversity, which is one of the aspects of diversity. Yeah. And when it comes to gender diversity, is it really requires action. Yeah. yeah. And not just from women finding their way up to the top, but that there also are seats that they made available. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. many times they prefer to hire men over women for yeah. some or other reasons, different yeah. reasons, I guess. Well, it's a complex... I wouldn't say that it's just the solution, but the awareness on uh, that it's diversity a change of mindset. As yeah, well. diversity is some something that should be on everybody's mind. Yeah, in uh, for the greater good yeah, exactly. of society and companies, and because it's a better business case. Yeah, and again, gender is then just one aspect of diversity. Yeah, because of if like if many men like on the higher positions change their mindset and they were equally looking at men and women and choosing the best candidate, you know, because sometimes maybe man is better suited for position because of his personal experience in a woman, but if they were looking equally at those two, they would be much better already, and women had many more chances than right now. What would be interesting if? those processes would be anonymous yeah that would make it like, with, like without gender like you, you don't without put gender on your city yeah yeah exactly but do you feel yeah. like men have the pressure of not choosing a woman do you feel like they're pressured to choose a man that would be an interesting approach I wouldn't actually. exclude that okay. as an option no okay no 
Interesting. Yeah. But one of the last questions is, in an age of gender dissolution, don't we need a new form of leadership rather than female leadership? Not male or female, but something. Something <laughs> That's why I combining... vote for future makership. Okay. Making future <laughs> makership. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? We need it. A new form of leadership. Yeah. Or maybe it will naturally evolve there anyways. Well, if if I look at what for me is the essence of future makership, uh, we need the ones who dare to keep asking questions when everybody already decided to go left. Yeah. And who dare to go beyond their own ego in order to aim for a better solution or a better unforeseen perspectives. So I vote for... Uh, the future makers who bring the unforeseen perspectives, whether they're men or women. Yeah. And in order to do that, you need one of both or a million of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men and women. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. To conclude, which advice would you give to a woman starting an entrepreneur career? Oh, not to take advice anymore from anyone who's employed. Okay, that's an interesting advice. Build in the first phase, build a tribe of other female entrepreneurs. Okay. You need a new network because they will give you different advice. Yeah. Because their drivers are not that risk averse, but about the ability to dare to take risks. Yeah, they have a different point of view. Exactly. And risk is just one of the many aspects. And you need a lot of tips and suggestions on how to deal with the world when you're an entrepreneur. So, um, yeah, you need friends, new but, friends. <laughs> but you also need new friends. Yeah. 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 And uh, where, where can you meet female entrepreneurs? Because I'm pretty sure our audiences will be wondering, okay, I want to open my business. Yeah. And sure. I don't know any female entrepreneur. Where can I go to find them? Well, we said there's this. a lot of um, interesting uh, networks here in Holland, but you should definitely go meet us at Sisterhood in Business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Very cool. Okay, well, we have come to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much, Patricia, for joining us. Uh, I'm sure that our audience now has a lot of tips and advice for being a leader, entrepreneur, and generally an empowered woman. If you have any questions or comments, make sure to leave them below. And of course, we will add all the links to Future Women X in our article. Yes, so make sure to check it out. Thank you, Patricia. (laughs) Thank you so much, (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Bye. 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 Bye.